Hello and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation. Thank you for joining us tonight. We are here for an interview with Taryn and Jess from the Extra Lucky Moms, which we're so excited about. And seated with me tonight is Rachel. Hey, everyone. Jen. Hello. Jamie. Hi. Kim. Hello. <laughs> Taryn. Hello. And Jess. Hi. And I'm Tabitha. So we invited these lovely ladies on this evening because it is World Down Syndrome Day and they have kind of started a movement online to bring all providers and caregivers together to build a community for our disability as a whole community, which we love. So Taryn, if you want to just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, that'd be great. Sure. So I am from New Jersey. I'm a mom of four. My youngest daughter, Raya, was born with Down syndrome in uh, March of 2020. So she's a full-on pandemic baby. <laughs> she is. <laughs> she's also a um, heart warrior. She had heart surgery when she was two months old, full repair. So we're fortunate that all of that seems to be behind us now. She just has regular cardiology checkups and so far, so good. But yeah, so we started Actual Lucky Moms in May of 2021. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But Jess, if you want to introduce yourself. Yes. Hi, I'm Jess Carello. Super pumped to be here. I am a mom to two girls. I live in Hoboken, New Jersey. And in July of 2020, my youngest, Adeline, was born with Down syndrome. She went undetected throughout my pregnancy. Her diagnosis went undetected throughout my pregnancy, which made quite a surprising <laughs> birth experience. Yeah. Um, and I was extremely unprepared to be catapulted into this world of disability. Uh, once I wrapped my head around that new reality, I kind of dove headfirst into advocacy and my efforts just sort of exploded. Um, I was so lucky to meet Taryn, a very like-minded person um, and become very close friends and realized we had very similar and aligned dreams and goals for our advocacy. And we launched Extra Lucky Moms, as she said, in May of last year. I can't believe it's almost been a whole year of us oh, doing yay. this together. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. And that's kind of something we wanted to talk a little bit about was, um, you know, we all talk pretty vividly about that diagnosis experience for all of us, which for the, the autism community usually comes a couple years after our kids are born. So it, it, and some even later, depending on if they're a girl versus a boy, what their early markers are for autism, whether they hit the standard checklist or not. So tell us a little bit about that experience for you guys. I can go first since I just mentioned the birth diagnosis experience. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, so obviously I found out pretty much the first few hours after she was born that she, there was something going on that wasn't typical. A lot of physical markers were noticed upon you know, putting her on that, that weight table there. My husband was provided the information very aggressively without any empathy mm. from the doctor on call, so much so that he passed out almost completely 
fell over in the OR and had to be escorted out. He somehow made his way back in, (laughs) even though once you pass out in an OR, you typically aren't allowed to go back in. He he was like, no, I'm going back in. Um, (laughs) And over the next four or five days in the hospital, you know, I spent a lot of time just inspecting her because as you, you know, autism isn't necessarily a physical thing definitely not like down syndrome so you know I was just looking over her little body for these so many days as she was in the hospital and finally got that karyotype test back and um, I almost felt this sort of sigh of relief like okay she's got it we can move on and yet also still completely freaking out and terrified you know I don't think there's ever an easy way to find out a diagnosis you know there's there's pros and cons to having known during pregnancy or after it took me a lot of time to you know really sit with it and allow myself to understand it and it was confusing because I loved this child so much and I was having to care for her while also having to hold space for myself and let myself be sad and be disappointed and be confused and be frustrated all while trying to care for a newborn you know that was really hard but yeah I think you know not to go all over the place with my with talking about birth experience, but a big piece of why we started Extra Lucky Moms was to change the narrative surrounding disability motherhood by providing exposure and realism behind it. You know, yeah, I was so scared because I didn't know anyone very close to me that had a disability, and I certainly didn't know anything about Down syndrome, so I was immediately scared. I was devastated. I wasn't immersed in this world enough to recognize this isn't the end of my life. It's honestly a brand new beginning. So that's why we, you know, really work hard to, to share so that we can maybe help a new mom that's on her journey. And, oh, I've seen extra lucky moms sharing. It isn't all that, that bad. I love you know? that you said that it's a new journey. I love that. Yeah, I do too. love that. I was going to say, so a very good friend of mine, who's like a sister, part of our family, her son is almost 13 and he has uh, down syndrome, but very similar experience where they didn't know till birth. And then the way that she was treated in the hospital, it was very abrupt the way they told her. And they also almost like questioned whether or not she would even want to keep him. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was like 12 years ago, ago, but still. Yeah, I think it's crazy with the way information is provided. You know, a doctor's job is to provide you the information. A lot of doctors in these specific cases provide their feelings about it when they provide you the information. And I know, Taryn, you know, I'll want you to obviously share your perspective on this because I know you've had you had twists and turns and, and, you know, people telling you their opinions every time you went to the doctor, Mm -hmm. a lot of other people. So I think Taryn can probably speak better about that than me, but it's, it's surprising. So we went in for our first trimester screening with our fourth daughter and, you know, expected to come out with that okay, let's, we can post on Facebook now that, you know, we're having a baby. Safety zone. Yeah. And they noticed some markers of something going on. So we opted to do um, a CVS test right then and there, just because I am not a patient person. I need to know what's going on. <laughs> um, and I just wanted information. So Taryn, um, I'm not a mom of four. What is a CVS test? CVS. I adopted my 
Oh, CVS. Okay. I adapted CVS. my kid. I'm like, what is yeah. that? And you know, it's funny because somebody else just asked me this yesterday and I was like, I, I don't know the actual term. It's, it's oh, basically, an, it's like an amnio, um, oh. but earlier. Oh. <laughs> so you can have the CVS up to like 13 or 14 weeks. It's a little less invasive than an amnio. Um, it's basically genetic testing though, where yes. they go in and like check mm -hmm. the, the genetics. So a week later, you know, five days, six days later, I got a call and the geneticist said the test detected a third copy of the, the 21st chromosome. You know, the baby has Down syndrome. Have you, have you and your husband discussed what you want to do? And I knew what they meant with that. So um, I said, I would like to talk to my husband and call you back, even though we had already sort of had the conversation that this information wasn't going to matter. But it was a lot of that week after week. It was almost like every time I went to the doctor because I became a high risk pregnancy yeah. and I was followed by perinatologists. And every time it was almost like I was, they were shocked. I was continuing. They found her heart defects at 16 weeks and literally in the same breath reminded me that I had till 22 weeks to change my mind. Um, oh, so <laughs> it's a strange way to be expecting a child when people yeah. are constantly I you feel know, like almost... you guys need your new shirt to be a maternity shirt that says, yes, I'm sure. I know. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, a great, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but, quit um, asking. Quit talking yeah. to me about this. <laughs> so it's, you know, because of how everything was delivered, I really spent my whole pregnancy thinking that my whole world was going to be turned upside down and this whole negative experience. And even though we believed in our daughter and we were excited to to welcome her and all of those things, there was still this dark cloud over everything because of all of this. I mean, when someone presents you a diagnosis and they make it seem like the better option is to walk the other way, it's hard to put that out of your mind that this isn't some monumental thing. And um, the information should be delivered in a, in a non-biased way in a supportive way where you can provide information in a you know, non-biased way to give you, you know, they, they really had no information for me because I think to them, they weren't prepared for somebody who was continuing along with their pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So they gave me like a super outdated article that quite honestly freaked me out. And I threw it out pretty quickly <laughs> into mm -hmm. looking at it, but there was no information on like support groups or anywhere. And it was really, it was only until I've, finally stumbled on families on Instagram that I really found any hope. And that's why, you know, we're doing what we're doing because we want people to be able to find us and, you know, and see, and not just see sunshine and rainbows, like understand that there's, this is a journey and there's ups and downs of that journey. But the, you know, the underlying theme is that we love our kids more than anything in the world and yeah. we would do anything for them. And I think, you know, the reason that we love talking about all disabilities is because I can't pretend to understand everything that you guys go through the same way you might not understand everything that we go through, but we do share all of these common themes yes. um, and mm -hmm. understand that we're all celebrating those little moments that, <laughs> that we worked really, really hard at and that we all like just might need space sometimes to vent about having a bad day, you know? Yeah. And community is like the key to, I think, yeah. finding yourself in this mothering journey or parenting journey or caregiver journey, because no one knows what we're doing. I knew nothing about autism before my children were diagnosed with autism. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of our mission too, with our podcast and what we do with it is just to like provide information give people support, let them hear other voices who've been through what they've been through, talk about some of the things that 
are kind of not talked about because there's a stigma attached to a lot of things in our communities and we have feelings (laughs) for people and whether people understand what those are or not is their perspective. We can't help if we're feeling a certain way after we're delivered information from a medical provider, you know, or whatever the case may be. Tell us a little bit about what you guys have going on with Extra Lucky Moms, because it's a lot of good stuff over there. (laughs) Yeah, we're a little busy. Yeah, so much stuff. So we we primarily, you know, we really claim ourselves as a community-based platform. So everything that we do is for and sort of prepared by the community, us being a part of that. It's been really fun building a platform where I'm kind of the focus group, but so is Taryn. So, you know, we're like, we created this because we felt that it was missing in this space. And it was also something we wanted selfishly. (laughs) And it was a great way to also advocate for our kids as well. So, So we've got tons going on. We have a blog where we share stories of resilience and hope individuals within our community. We share posts from people with disabilities, parenting children with disabilities, caregivers of of people within this community. And we also share stories from professionals, from doctors, from people with tremendous insight into, you know, perform care and Medicaid. And and so we're always trying to share ingestible information on our blog. We also have a line of apparel, accessories, and gear on our site, which is designed to spark conversation. Tonight. Yeah, because my hair is very dirty, but also thank <laughs> you. Um, um, and a big yes, we call it recycled hair over here. Recycled yes. hair sounds way <laughs> better than filthy. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm not sure we can go with recycled today. It's been it's like day saving water. You're just saving the water. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. Conserving. <laughs> I have questions, and maybe yes. for our listeners, I don't know a lot about Down syndrome. Could you tell us a little bit about Down syndrome? Yes. I'm happy to because I just finished my presentation. My oldest is in fifth grade, and I'm doing a presentation for class. So I just oh, brushed I love up that. On, I just brushed up on all my Down syndrome facts. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, how does it affect your child? How many children? You know that. Yeah. So um, down. So one in every 700 um, babies are born with Down syndrome every year or so. And it basically means you have a third copy of the 21st chromosome. So you have 47 chromosomes, whereas most of the rest of us have 46 chromosomes. The interesting thing about Down syndrome is there's no spectrum per se, but you the way, the best way I heard it described is that you don't know how that extra chromosome is going to affect you. So sometimes there could be some birth defects, meaning like a heart defect or something like that, where the body, for lack of a better term, maybe got confused when it was putting everything together. So 50% of children with Down syndrome have a heart defect. A lot of them resolve on their own. A lot of our kids do have open heart surgery fairly, you know, under a year old to uh, repair that. Fortunately, surgeries are usually fairly successful. So we're all fortunate for that. And then a lot of kids or most kids with Down syndrome will have low muscle tone. So that could affect physical things with walking. A lot of kids need occupational therapy to just learn those fine motor skills. And then speech could be affected by the low muscle tone. And then, you know, as far as there could be um, differences with learning and all sorts of things like that, but you really don't know. There's no like playbook that this is exactly what's going to happen with your child with Down syndrome. The low muscle tone is probably the most common thing. And it kind of goes that way. I mean, for every child, right? You know, you don't really know right. how it's going to go even for our neurotypical kids. And I think that that was the most 
surprising thing for me coming into this journey with Addie is, you know, even between Addie and Rhea, best friends for life. <laughs> so cute too. You know, yeah, adorable. They're they're, the they're they all have the same <laughs> diagnosis, but they maybe look like sisters sometimes. But they are different kids, and, and you know, Rhea is better at some things that Adeline isn't as good at and vice versa. And, you know, there's this other sort of thing that I thought that all people with Down syndrome are just happy all the time. Yeah. They love everybody. And they're just, you know, and that's not true either. Is <laughs> yeah. Adeline a really happy kid? Absolutely. But is she happy all the time? No. <laughs> she's just like every <laughs> no. other baby, you know, yeah. Yeah. especially yeah. right now as she's getting all of her teeth, it feels like at the exact same time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the, the thing that I had to like, as the mom of three older neurotypical children, the thing that I had to reality check for myself when I, you know, found myself going down like rabbit holes of things that I thought Raya wouldn't do is I was like, well, who's to say any of any of my kids are going are guaranteed to do any of these certain things, you know, mm -hmm. if you think about college or getting married or any, you know, it's like we can't predict any of our kids' futures. So yeah. um, it's important to let them show you the way and let them show you what they're going to do. And I, I try to just keep that in perspective when it comes to Raya and know that the sky is the limit for her, but it's her call, not mine. <laughs> so, so Jessica, you said you had to wait a few days before you got an official diagnosis. Yes. So they sent away her test. I guess it's a blood test, the right? It's a blood test, a karyotype. And they look at everything under a microscope, microscope, microscope. <laughs> yeah, hair washing yeah. on your mind. So, so I know I've got lots. Of, I'm I'm actually traveling with both kids tomorrow solo, so that's also on my mind. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, we better get you a cocktail. We better get you to bed soon. That's <laughs> okay. This is. Yeah. I'm probably not gonna be able to sleep anyway because I'll like drink too much anxiety. So yeah, yeah. I'll be here with you guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it took about four days, which is interesting. I don't think that's how long the test takes. I just think that that's how long it takes in New York City hospitals. <laughs> well, I ask because, you know, um, Taryn, like you said, there is no physical disability. You know, you don't look at a child with autism and say, oh, that kid has autism. Right. Where there is a, a similar look, not mm -hmm. all, I, I don't know how to word this, so please bear with me. Yeah, no, no. Stumble mm -hmm. over There's my words. very common characters. Common characters yeah. in a child mm -hmm. with Down syndrome. So did mm -hmm. your daughter not have those characters when she was born or they just weren't sure? She did. However, you know, when kids come out, they're all smushy and yeah, newborn baby just, face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're just big smushies. And she was a big baby and she was really up against my pelvis. So my doctor, who missed some things um, during my you know testing, was panicking and was saying, Oh, her the face flatness must be from where she was up against your pelvis. And then on the other hand, I had this pediatrician telling me, Well, look at her feet. There's like she has these, the, you know, sandal toe marker and there is a flatness to her face. And she, you know, there's she's she's hypertonia. And unfortunately that was a big part of those early days was me literally like looking at those physical attributes mm -hmm. and looking at them in a negative way. And now I think that they're just so beautiful. And I, I just think you know, she, she is a most beautiful child, you know and I celebrate course, her yes. physical markers. But at the time I was just trying to wish them away um, yeah. so there was, I was glad that I got that testing within a reasonable time so that we could just move on and I could just, well, two, you're just like had a baby, which yeah. in itself is like a whole whirlwind of like emotions mm -hmm. and no mm -hmm. sleep and all of that, that stuff. And then this, like for us, our, our diagnosis 
stories all come way later in life, yeah. which I mean, for some of us, most of us, we had years of wondering, you know, mm-hmm. like two mm-hmm. years of, and hearing and people talking to us about their development and signs or not signs and no one really saying or because no one wants to outright say things to you. And there's you no blood like, test. You have yeah. To- observations. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting to hear the similar feelings, which I would guess are common in any person that gets a, a disability diagnosis of any kind, but the path, you know, is similar. Yeah. I think so. I love that you're sharing, you know, this is why I love this platform and, and getting to connect with other moms that are in this space because it's humbling too. You know, I think if I were to be in a silo by myself feeling, oh, you know, I'm so, I feel so sorry for myself because all, you know, everybody knows that, I mean, this is how I feel now, but it was something I was thinking about when she was first born that people are going to notice that she has a disability and that, oh, poor me. And here you guys experiencing years of uh, not knowing and that trauma and, and how that wears on you. And it's humbling, right? It's like a level set experience where we can hold space for each other and also like take our egos out of this and humble. It, it just keeps you humble. I think really the more we learn, like education is power. Oh yeah. Um, and then the people, right? So then you, yeah. know, you, you have a child, you know, that you can see the disability. So they're probably treated differently for that. And then you have our children who people quite often you, you don't see the disability. So they think they're brats. They think they're spoiled. They just think mm-hmm. they're these rotten children, not understanding. Right. So there's that both sides of it. So it is very yeah. interesting. Yeah. It's that, it's that judgment that people make that I feel like is the hardest part for all of us. And, yeah. you know, I've always said like the hardest part is that people will always see right when they see Raya, they'll probably see down syndrome and make a judgment call about that. You know, yeah. um, same thing with your kids. Like you're saying the with a behavior thing, there might, they might immediately make a judgment. And my dream would be that people could get to know the person behind all of that first. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is about information to get <laughs> yeah. to change. Like Kim, Kim's daughter is much older than all of ours. She's 25, right? No birthday yet. 25. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so she came up in a world where there was ze- like, no information about autism or disabilities or a different and as time has gone on and there's been you know social media and all these platforms where people can talk about things the perspective has changed but only to a certain point you know (laughs) we're still trying to educate we're still trying to uh hear have our voices be heard change things for our kids get people to be kinder and just give an opportunity for a Give it more than just a quick look and judgment, you know, learn yeah. about, um, and you can't learn about everything, but right. if, if you give it a chance with someone that's right in front of you, then we can all, you know, make a difference. Well, there's so that. much we can learn from, from differences. Yeah. And I'm going to butcher this quote probably, but I heard it recently and it really, it hit me. I was like, that's not so true. And it's some, somewhere along the lines, like our kids spend so much time trying to fit into the neurotypical or the, you know, typical world. What if the typical world spent some of their time trying to fit into our right, yeah. world? Mm-hmm. And I think about that now with a, another child who's neurotypical and, you know, she gets the gift of living with a child, a sister who mm-hmm. has a disability. And having that beautiful 
perspective. And there's not one sibling I've ever met on this journey who's not said my sibling has made a difference or mm -hmm. my best friend who, you know, growing up, I didn't even know they had Down syndrome until I was old enough to really recognize it because of a peer being, you know, mean to them or whatever, however they realized like that, that changed who I was and made me who I am. You know, I think those that live this life and walk this path, even if it's not directly your story, if you get to, to experience it, it changes you. It really makes yeah. you a more dynamic, beautiful person. I think yeah. it really gives the, um, them a different perspective on life. So I have, mm -hmm. kids are older. So I have 17, 19, um, Alyssa is 25. And then I have a son who will be turning 28. And it's like, I see in my teenagers, their perspective of like, just things that they tell me, they look at it in such a different way that they yeah. probably wouldn't if they didn't experience it in their home. You know what I mean? They just have a very yeah. different, I think, understanding of just people and differences. And they just have the ability to give a lot more grace to people where yeah. other people don't. And it's not a fault. It's just they don't have the experience. So they don't know. They, you know, yeah. they think of things as weird, as odd. Like they don't, you know, they don't have that same perspective. And it gives a, a whole different perspective on life, on everybody they meet, on experiences they have, on jobs they're going to have. So it, I really think it makes them grow as people, even even as children. Yeah. yeah. My mom was a, a guardian to her brother who um, was born with a developmental disability, kind of uncategorized really at the time. And this is, you know, over 70 years. And, um, you know, I know that growing up with him categorically changed, you know, who I was as a person and and even like, all of Raya's therapists and everything, if you, if I ask them, like they have some connection, some connection, you were saying some connection to the, to, to the, the, to the disability yeah. community. Yeah. A cousin or a sister yeah. or yeah. brother or somebody. Well, that's my thing. It's like, what would the world be like, if you really get to know my son and I think it's hard at first with autism, because a lot of people get that perception off the bat, like he's not the most sociable or the most friendly all the time, but once you get to know him, he'll change your life. And I think you can literally see him soften people. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. think that's so beautiful. And so like you even talking about your pregnancy and how you were kind of pressured, what have you, or how there's countries. I know there's countries that have completely gotten mm -hmm. rid of Down syndrome because they detected yeah. it. And yeah. it just breaks my heart because what would the world be without our children? Yeah. They make it a better place. And it's, I mean, we all know as caretakers, it's not easy. It's hard. Yeah. But I'm a completely different person because of my son. Yes. Yeah. I think it's Absolutely. so I, I think there's so much common space between us. You know, being, my daughter is Celie. She's seven. She's remarkable in every single way. But she is on two spectrums. Um, one being the autism spectrum and the other fetal alcohol spectrum disorders. It's just so interesting to like, as a part of our care for her and advocacy for her, we have to constantly talk about her constellation and her skill scatter and an autism program is or isn't great for her because she's more than one part or even if she was autistic and that was her singular diagnosis that when you're talking about a whole spectrum, just because something is geared towards autism doesn't mean that it's geared towards her autism. Yeah. Anyhow, it's, it's so cool to hear about the world of like a diagnostic yes or no and see that yeah. you know, that's so different than where I am within our own communities that we're all measuring accomplishment by these tiny inch stones mm -hmm. that we're all 
working so hard for sleep that we're all standing shoulder to shoulder as moms looking for support and that we're all yeah trying to not just make it about our lane. I, I just, there's so much that's the same. My friend, her son was born with Down syndrome. And then three years later, she got a diagnosis of autism. So she has a dual diagnosis. And she said she struggled for so long because she felt like she didn't fit into any community. She wasn't only a Down syndrome mom. She wasn't an only, only an autism mom. Um, so it's been nice for her to find that connection because she just feels like she feels seen for the first time. And I'm like, why didn't this all go on? Like, why were we separating things? You know, (laughs) like we're all, like I said, I, I would not pretend to understand everything that you guys go through, but I think we can still like hold space for each other. Yeah. Is that a common thing? I've heard, I've heard of that, like in several people saying that, that they have both diagnoses. It's more common than, you know, than you would expect, I guess, maybe, or, but it does, yeah, it does occur. Does the intellectual disability, like, is that like always a mock of a Down syndrome or is it like with the, with the other things that some have it and some don't? It's really, um, yeah, I think, I think we're, um, you know, as early intervention has really grown and as programs like preschool programs have improved and inclusive classrooms have become more mainstream. I think that people are realizing that um, people with Down syndrome were put in a box and, mm-hmm. you know, one size fits all. And um, and there's, there's many of our, uh, Jess and I are both currently doing a, a fundraiser for Ruby's Rainbow, which provides scholarships for individuals to go to college. Amazing. So um, Love it. there's no, uh, there's nothing to say that there's going to be a specific intellectual disability. Uh, There's a lot of times, you know, help will be needed in school through an aid um, just Mm -hmm. to make things a little bit more accessible. But a lot of our kids go off to college and even if they don't, they still are wonderful humans and have lots of us. A lot of what I think Kim is asking about and the stuff that you'd hear in our conversation during the diagnostic pieces is that autism is as I mentioned, like part of the skill scatter is that there's often comorbid diagnosis, like anxiety mm-hmm. is common, but each level and layer of those com- comorbid diagnosis sort of changes how we can discuss and quickly understand each other's kids. So when we're saying yeah. like, oh, Celie has this with anxiety and bipolar and blah, 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 that it's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Oh, so you don't okay. sleep either? Yeah. So lots of this stuff is like, we keep it siloed so that we can discuss. Mm -hmm. And that's the world that we're coming from. Yeah. Well, then autism is like that too, where it doesn't necessarily come with it. There are a lot of people Mm -hmm. that have autism that also have intellectual disability. And then there are a lot of people that have autism that don't have it. You know, I was just, I don't know about that part of it. My daughter's gone to school. A lot of her programs, she's been with kids with Down syndrome too. But then again, it's like when they're at that comparable level. So Mm -hmm. she's been on a, um, like a bus with a girl, but she, you know, she was much more, my daughter used to actually annoy her because of, because she's loud. (laughs) She has to be seated in a different row. (laughs) (laughs) But um, but yeah, just, and that's the thing. It's like, everybody makes these assumptions. I'm just asking for, because just. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate you asking. Yeah, because, yeah, because we just don't, yeah, we just don't know for sure. We can't say for sure. Like, 
And, you know, I think and there's with not just one way, like, like there's three types of Down syndrome. There's trisomy 21, which we are both of our girls have. And that's and like 98% of, of Down, of Down syndrome. Is, common, okay. Right? And mm-hmm. there's mosaic, and then there is translocation. Yes. In my understanding, mosaic and translocation are just as rare as each other. Yeah, um, it's it's like 1% and 1%. Yeah, mm-hmm. we actually have a good friend of ours whose daughter has mosaic Down syndrome, but you wouldn't know that her Down syndrome diagnosis is different than yeah. our girls. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe that maybe we will one day that be a difference, but it probably wouldn't be because of her mosaic Down syndrome, but just would be because of who she is and how right. yeah, how she learned how what her in- intervention was. And but I, I do think that a big you know the thing that we're able to know about diagnosis is when it's sort of the majority, right? So like mm-hmm. the majority of yeah. people with Down syndrome have a developmental delay. Yeah. A majority have heart issues, um, or 50%. And then, you know, they have hypotonia and so all these things. Um, but there's actually a, a nonprofit here in Hoboken called Rockford 21. And there is a family, um, they support uh, individuals with uh, Down syndrome and their families. There's a family here with twin girls, both of whom have identical twins, but both of whom have trisomy 21. And you, one of them, has the physical markers of Down syndrome, the, you know, cognitive uh, disability. And the other sister, you would never, ever, ever know. It's, mm. it's like being in, it's like they're like in studies because it's so, yeah. so rare. Oh, There's like only one other family they've ever met with a similar circumstance. So I feel like with that information, all you can do is just find those pockets of similarities with your people. Like, yeah. you know, and ask questions. I love that, that you guys are open to asking questions. I think that and it's because you guys are, are mamas in this space, but like, in my experience, just people kind of tiptoe around yeah. things or, yeah. or they're no, like, do that here. We yeah. have a big, <laughs> heavy clock that we walk around. With. I love it. We want to know long. it all. We want to well, know people, it all. People, we all know people get so uncomfortable with the unknown. Yeah. They're so uncomfortable. Ask me. Yeah. Right. Yes. And yeah. We're all more open-minded because of that. And we like, we want to know these things. We're like, how does this process work for you guys? Or how are you treated in this realm or this realm? Cause we are all in this space. It's Yeah. And we have similar where like autism has common threads, but our kids are like very different yeah. also, you know, sleep issues, food issues, sensory processing, intellectual disability sometimes, you know, I mean, yeah. it's all these like pockets of threads, but most of us have a little sleep issue though. I mean, that's <laughs> well, that's like, most of sleep is pretty common in this realm. Well, it's, it's interesting because um, my daughter went to for genetic testing, I think, I think two, a year or two ago, it's still like in the process of doing the other steps that she actually has a, just a very slight co- extra copy of the chromosome that um, Down syndrome has, but her, it's like just such a small piece that they're like she's not considered to have down syndrome because well she doesn't have like you know what I mean the markers but like yeah it's just it's like not a real common thing either for someone to have like a like just a little small piece Hmm. of and she said it's so small of course I'm like what do you mean well like you know like no she's like I don't think like anything that she has or doesn't have has anything to do with this because it's so small but Mm. it's just but she goes but it's actually not very common um, at all. So it's just, I Welcome don't know. Welcome to make I think. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Usually when you get genetic testing on our kids with autism. So there is 
technically a marker they found have found in some kids with autism yeah. where they're missing yeah. I think part of the 15 or 16 it might be 16 17 or 15 whatever some combo but <laughs> what they're usually testing with our kids is um for other things because a lot of kids with autism have um fragile X. Fragile X. Mm -hmm. so there's actually 35 genes now that are associated with autism yeah but they someone can have those and not have autism so it's just all over the place yeah it's up and coming <laughs> research yeah there's no yeah, there's yeah. no like determined I think there's, determination. it's just fascinating like you know Kim I know you said your daughter is 25 and I can only imagine how much this space has changed for you as a mother in 25 years I know I've only been a mom for four and a half years Taryn's been a mom for 10 years and even just as a neurotypical mom the way motherhood has changed in general I, I know you speak about that Taryn a lot is tremendous and even in my four and a half short years has been tremendous too then add yeah. a little disability diagnosis in, it's a <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. talked about the um platform which is basically a blog website and lots of people have admitted pieces for your blog to learn about all these things wonderful things the merchandise that you have on your website, 10% of some of the pieces goes to nonprofits. 10% so of everything. Goes everything. To okay. Yeah. We just Ten choose, choose different nonprofits depending on what we're trying to do. So perfect. And yeah. we partnered with my brother for autism yeah. shirt that's coming out for um, autism so awareness excited. month. So and design today. And was like, wow, yeah. So we, so cool. yeah, we're doing a celebrate the spectrum. Uh, shirt in time Yay. for April. And we also created a dual diagnosis shirt, which I'm very excited about for yes. a lot of our dual diagnosis moms. So, so that's very exciting. Watch for that for our autism awareness. This week it'll be up. So we'll, we'll share it. Yeah. 10% will go to a nonprofit. So anything you yeah. get. Yeah, I know. I love the taco shirt is my favorite. Uh, I have that. I have that one. Oh, yeah. work. After the food podcast, <laughs> we are. After the food, that shirt was made for me. Uh, it's tacos advocacy. What does it say on it? Um. um oh gosh, that one. Tacos. Yeah. No, tacos yoga pants advocacy. Or yeah. Oh, no, that's wine yeah. yoga pants advocacy. Wine, yoga. Oh, you had me at wine. One. I'm trying to find it right now. Yeah. Scrolling. You wine, had me at wine. wine, yoga, pants, advocacy, coffee, messy bun, advocacy. Talk Check. Dang Rangy. it, it's downstairs too. I just did laundry. I love this. Hard is not the same as bad. Yes. I, know I love that. So you can go check out their merch. It supports excellent, numerous causes. Yeah, um, and we really try to be thoughtful in what we put out there. Um, and a big piece about why we do funny sayings or we'll do cool designs that you know people may ask oh where did you get that or you know we have, we have these bracelets that say extra lucky mom I have a couple that's extra lucky mom and then I have extra lucky friend for the rare diagnosis bracelet that we have here and the reason we design the pieces the way that we do is because we want people to ask more questions we want yeah. them to talk about <laughs> give us an opportunity to talk about our kids that us just being like Hey, my kid has Down syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> like making it super awkward and it doesn't yeah. need to be that way, which is mm -hmm. basically how I handled it for the first few months. That's some funny stories. Yeah, I'm sure you'll sister. like it. I found it. It's tacos dry shampoo. Dry shampoo. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I, I knew that shirt was made for me. Yes. I, have a, that's one of those. I saw it. I'm like, yes, I need that. I'm like, I'd love that someone would be like, oh, I love tacos and dry shampoo. And what is the advocacy yeah. part? He's like, well, let me tell you something more about my yeah. Yes. 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 The more it's talked about, the more people understand. It's like they're 
I think people are just afraid. They're afraid of mm-hmm. saying the wrong thing. They're afraid of, of offending yeah. us. They're afraid of upsetting us. Like, you know, it just becomes uncomfortable. So it just becomes easy for people not to say anything and not to acknowledge it, which right. is the opposite of, I think, what most of us want, you know, except for maybe if you're in that kind of beginning stage where you're just kind of processing and, um, yeah. you know, figuring it out for yourself outside of that stage. I think, you know, we don't want that. So the more we talk about it, the more I feel like it just normalizes it. So people aren't as nervous about bringing it up. You know, we don't want it ignored. We don't want our children not acknowledged. And and I don't want people to like, I always say like, I try to do gentle advocacy because I don't want people to be afraid to to talk. So I, Mm -hmm. you know, there are people who advocate by telling everybody what you can and can't say. And personally, I would rather gently correct somebody and say, oh, we prefer to say it this way or, you know, rather than get mad at somebody all the time, that's just going to stop them from asking questions the next time. So I always say like, I'll always give somebody the chance to just ask something the way that they know. And then I can always correct if I have to. Is it derogatory to say like uh, a person with downs? Is that derogatory? Like, is that? Um, We prefer like people first language. So the way you said it, as far as like someone with um but we do prefer to say down syndrome but again wouldn't yeah we have that yeah we have that in our our community yeah there's lots of autism versus autistic there's lots of um five years ago you would say it would it was more people first language now it's turning a lot more into saying because autistic people have asked yeah all of mm-hmm. them they all get to choose and that's what we say with our kids that one day our child their children can if they want to choose however they want to yeah. be but it's yeah. a big a big divide yeah. I think and, all, and there was we a have, whole, we have a changing there's yeah. been a whole thing yeah. around special needs versus disability yeah. you know we we embrace the word disability because we agree that it's not something that we have to shy away from but you know I <laughs> I still find myself every once in a while saying special needs. But. Oh yeah. We, I, I, I personally identify as a special needs mom, you know, and I'm allowed to identify that way. Yeah. It's right. not derogatory if you say that to me, but if right. my child one day says, I don't want to be called a child with special needs, then I'll say, great. I won't say that. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, but on the other um, hand, some people don't like to be necessarily put out their disability too. So it's like, yeah, exactly. it's hard because <laughs> everybody has a different perception and you just never going to make everybody happy. I think, right. um, yeah. you know, in, in the past special needs to me kind of brought more people. It's a bigger umbrella that includes so many more people because people would be like, well, not everybody with autism does that. So it's like, kind of like, instead of putting it just to especially like in my writing, for instance, but yeah. I'm like, oh, now I don't want you to use this word. So I don't, right. it's like, um, but I know people themselves, like even kids, like say I have a daughter with ADHD. She doesn't view it as a disability. Like it, right. it technically is, but like, I just think there's just such a array of like feelings and opinions and perspectives that it's really hard to like. We all like, I, I, I read a definition of disability the other day that was like something about daily life needs a modification to make things more accessible. And I'm like, gosh, then everybody has a disability. Yeah, exactly. There's something that we all <laughs> need, whether it's, you know, anxiety, like you said, anxiety or, mm-hmm. you know, other things. Yeah. So I think not being afraid of the word. Um, well, you, you need it. For, you need it for legal terminology. You need it for insurance companies. Right. Like there's these places where in order to get services, you have to use these certain terminologies that the industry or that the, yeah. that someone else has put in place that are still, part of 
how you access services or right. support or whatever the case or make may the be. world accessible. Like I always say, really in our home, my son isn't disabled because right. The accommodations are there. Made accommodations for him exactly. in his lives. It's in the outside world. And to get those things, right. you have to be like, hey, we need this. But I was going to say that's what's great about your apparel is because it says little things like that that can spark conversations where you yes. hopefully mm -hmm. nicely ask questions and then you can yeah. that way without being abrupt in people's face. And then you're welcoming people in saying, hey, I'm open to talk about this. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so. I want to talk about the other things that you're doing. So you also just recently started an in-person meetup. Uh, yeah, I think you had your first one, right? Was it yes. the first one? Yeah, a couple Yay. weeks ago. Yes. And everyone's already like, plan the next one. So yeah, and I think it was in New Jersey, right? Yeah, we since we're both in New Jersey, we obviously yeah. started in, in New Jersey and we worked with um, there's a coffee shop that employs individuals with disabilities and they invited us to use their space. So we brought a whole bunch of different. It wasn't, you know, there was a lot of moms with Down syndrome just because that's our local community. But we had a bunch of autism moms and then we had a couple other moms represented uh, as well. So, yeah, I mean, we're we're doing a virtual event coming up. We're going to get another in-person event on the calendar. We already had somebody reach out who might host an event for us, not, you know, because we're here in New Jersey, but uh, somewhere, I think, West Coast-ish. But that's so, yeah, great. so we're going to definitely, because that's what, you know, moms need is that like respite. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was saying to my husband, I'm like, I feel like, especially moms in this community need to still feel like it's something, you know, in like it, there's less guilt when you're like going to meet up with other moms in the disability. <laughs> yeah, yes, you're yes, like, yes. okay, I'm still doing something for my child. <laughs> and if that's how we get you out. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> if that's how we get you out to have a good night out, then that's Come fine. enjoy a fancy I pastry. I was dancing <laughs> on a bar with Helen's mom to support Helen's mom hey? because she was having yes. a hard week. Exactly. <laughs> So in-person meetups, uh, all I got to say is to our listeners, go check out Extra Lucky Moms on yes. Instagram, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. Give us all yeah, the places to find you because I'm not going to do it right. So <laughs> online, we're extraluckymoms.com. You can find all that we've discussed on there. We also have a, a virtual event coming up. We're going to be doing a lot more events, whether they be in person or online. Extra Lucky Moms on Instagram. And then both of our personal platforms on Instagram are linked in the bio on Extra Lucky Moms on Instagram. On Facebook, Extra Lucky Moms. And then um, I and Taryn have a, well, it's so it's Extra Lucky Jess on TikTok. It would be Extra Lucky Jess and Taryn, but Taryn isn't going on TikTok yet. I'm resisting. So. I'm, resisting. Not, I'm, I'm not on TikTok scary. either. Scary. Yeah. We're all no, resisting TikTok. All, I, I can barely are, keep I'm, up with Instagram. So I have like 32,000 followers I on TikTok know. now. So that's, that's amazing. Great. So come on over to TikTok. We're actually running a couple of fun giveaways. There's just like lots of stuff happening over there. We want to say thank you. March 21st, World Down Syndrome Day. Check out the merch on Extra Lucky Moms. You'll see the shirt that we collaborated on with my brother, which I'm so excited about for Autism Awareness Month, as well as the second shirt that we did, which is so awesome. Yeah. And just go over there and join the fun. <laughs> Celebrate the disability community. That's what we're about here on this yes. podcast. Yes. And we thank you guys for joining us tonight. Thank you both, ladies. It was thank wonderful you. chatting with you. It was wonderful thank you, thank meeting you, you guys. You. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for joining us at the table for this interview with Jessica and Taryn of Extra Lucky Moms. 
Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Also check out their website, extraluckymoms.com. If you are enjoying the podcast and where your listening allows, we would appreciate if you could rate and review us. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you'd like to contact us, please email us at tableforfivepodcast at gmail.com. New episodes every Monday. Join us next week as we start a new series. See you then. Bye.